Hi, my name is John. And my name's Chris. And, and this, this is Stay on, on Target. Hey, everybody, welcome to Stay on Target. We are your hosts. You can find us online at stayontargetpodcast.com. That's right. What episode is this, John? I don't know. Number 132. 132. Which is out of order from 123. Uh huh. So, yeah. It's good to be back, John. It is good to we be back. We took a, uh, a week sabbatical. How, how long has it been? It's been like, because I think it's been like over two weeks since, since we, we last were, recorded. Since we recorded. Um, so that was what would have been one week. Yeah, it's been about, it's been two, uh, oh, yeah, because 15 days. It's been a long time. 15 days. That's too long, Chris. We've uh, we've been in in LA. La. In La. In La, <laughs> California. In yes, LA, in La. In Los Angeles, California. Yes. We, uh, we went out there to do the Run Disney Avengers race. The Avengers Infinity Gauntlet Challenge. Yes. And we successfully did that. Infinity. Infinity. Mm-hmm. It's my theme song. If you want to check out our runs and our medals, you can uh, check out our Instagram accounts or Twitter accounts. I think they're there, too. Yes, they're there. Chris Wright 250. And John Wright 777. I think our names are both the same in both places. Yes. And uh, you can also check out the hashtag on Instagram. Oh, uh, yeah. Hashtag Wrights Run Disney. So that's W-R-I-G-H-T-S Run Disney. Yes. There you go. So... You can see all of our exploits there. So, I love I love spelling. Whenever I realize that things aren't quite how they sound, sometimes. Yeah. Yep. So it's been a, it's been a while. Um, so what have you been up to in the past two weeks, John? A lot, Chris. Yeah, all right, we'll lay it on me. Okay. So very first thing, right before or the the night that we um, that we recorded the last podcast. Yes. Was it the next night that Call of Duty came out? It was indeed the next night. Okay. So Call of Duty Black Ops Three is a return to form for Call of Duty. Like, mm-hmm. I haven't enjoyed the uh, the last couple of Call of Duties really that much. And, uh, You're talking I, about Advanced Warfare, and I'm talking about Ghosts. Yeah, and yeah. I, I played them here and there, but I never really, like, grabbed onto it. Yeah. And uh, after the beta this time, I, I was like, man, this feels really good. Yeah. And so I was hopeful that the game would be awesome, and it is indeed awesome. That's awesome. It's, uh, <laughs> so spent a lot of time playing some zombies, spent a lot of time in multiplayer at this point, um... It really feels feels like uh, <coughs> it really feels like Black Ops Two, you That's know, great. and it feels like an enhanced Black Ops Two. That's great. Um, yeah, everything is just really fluid. The uh, the zombies are really fun. We've been playing with uh, our friend Ike and uh, and uh, actually somebody who listens to the podcast, uh, Josh. Mm. Been playing with him. Mm. Um, so uh, so big shout outs to uh, to him. And uh, anyway, so yeah, Black Ops spent a lot of time playing that. Been leveling up. It's double XP weekend this weekend. Mm. I'm super excited about that. And I'm uh, have yeah. to play it then. Dude, you haven't played it almost at all. No, like the only time I really played was uh, when I. So we were getting ready for the trip. I went out there earlier than you did. This is true. And um, and so uh, last the the weekend that we we went out there, we recorded. Um, I was staying up late after like work and uh, doing some other stuff, and uh, staying up late booking hotels and things. <laughs> and I get crazy when I book hotels. Yeah, I like I like look at all these reviews yeah. and I like, try to find the best ones and yeah. the best deals, all yeah. this kind of stuff. And uh, and so. I was doing that for like, you know, three hours or something, and yep. I ended up getting online with you guys. It was like what? like Oh, it was already super late. It was already like 2.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. It was really and, late. And so we played for like an hour and a half or something. At one point, like I was just like – I was I was literally laying on the floor. I just like <laughs> went – you guys were doing something. I just went and stood in the corner um, playing zombies. and uh, Not in your house. The, the, the no, virtual no, no, yeah, the corner. Vir- yeah. And yeah. Uh, <laughs> somebody was just like, what are you, Chris, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just – I'm okay. I'm, I'm just laying down. <laughs> 
It's just like I was just, <laughs> just like, on my floor laying down, taking a nap. Yeah. I ended up sleeping the next morning until like four in the afternoon. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, th- that is something that hasn't happened for a long time. Like, I mean, oh, we, no. we, we would do that with stuff with Destiny last year or whatever, uh, a little yeah. bit here and there. But like zombies. With the raid. Like, yeah, especially like whenever you're, you can't leave and come back. Like the idea of just like, okay. Well, we're here for the duration. Yeah. Somebody watch this uh, zombie and like lead it all around away from everybody else. And then, you know. Zombies is a different beast because you literally can. It's like a lot of it is just like mindless in terms yeah. of uh, like just training zombies around. So if yeah. you're the guy like just like training the zombie, you're just like running around in a circle. And yeah. Like, well, I'll just do this for a while, you know. <laughs> run up the stairs, jump off the stairs. <laughs> yep. Run down the stairs. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a, you can really just keep on going and going and going, you know. Yeah, but in, in terms of a soft review before we give it a hard review after we, uh, we finish the campaign and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Call of Duty Black Ops 3 is a uh, phenomenal game in terms of um, the uh, the gameplay feels really good. Multiplayer feels really good. Yeah. Um, I can't again. I can't say anything about the campaign. I haven't even started it. But the yeah, zombies either. feels really really good. I mean, it, it feels like a Black Ops game. Game and after I think Modern Warfare um, uh, ended, Black Ops Two was my favorite. Uh, um, at least multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, the campaign in in. Uh, Modern <laughs> the story in, in Black Ops Two was uh, not uh, not great. Oh no, the story in Black Ops uh, yeah. One was even shaky. Uh, but <clears throat> Black, uh, Black Ops Two was terrible. Um, yeah. Who knows where this one sits? That's the, that's the yeah. one like that's the one section of this thing that I haven't even touched um, in however many hours I've played it. Right. But so like my initial thought with this game is like you get so much for your money mm. that I think back to last year whenever you purchased like a different Call of Duty or like mm-hmm. uh, Advanced Warfare for instance or whatever it's like I never I don't feel like I got as much for my money whenever well, they, I was buying like a, the that type yeah. of a game you know they, they tried with their zombie mode you know they had they a, did. a zombie mode like but it, it just felt like okay this is just a shadow of the right. the real zombie mode, you know. Right, yeah. It didn't didn't have the uh, the sense of impending doom of uh, of where it's like it's only a matter of time. It was always like, oh, well, I feel like I kind of got cheated out of that one or or whatever, you know, right. where where you're just it's just not as tight uh, gameplay wise. So, um, but yeah, dude, super been enjoying that. Have you? What have you been up to uh, other than being like we ran a lot of miles uh, last we, week? We did and. And uh, we saw a lot of cool things. We'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, th- while I was gone, <laughs> Fallout 4, Pip-Boy edition came in the mail. Yes. So, so was it sitting on your porch? No. I had it shipped to... <coughs> I had. It, are you dying? Sorry, I might be dying. I mean, I just drink. Uh, I sh- shipped it to work so that no one would steal it off my front porch while I was gone. Um, because it's just this big, huge box from Amazon. And I'm like, I'm not leaving that on my porch. For Did it say anything like... like um, no. About what it was on no. the inside. Okay, good. But I still don't trust it. No, of course not. Well, like I, I told you uh, before, like whenever I would uh, have the Marvel, the Funko um, Marvel Collector Corp yeah. box come, it literally had Captain America's head on it, and <laughs> so you said knew it was something cool. and said Marvel on it, and so, so you knew it's it was like something ultra cool, exactly. So like you know that there's something that, and I, so I was worried, you know, whenever the second box came, which was Ant Man. Um, I was worried about it being on my porch or whatever, so I made sure like I knew whenever it was going to show up, and I just I made sure I snatched it up right real yeah. quick. So, um, but yeah, so so watch out for that for your smuggler's bounty. Yes. By the way, it's actually shipping. Yeah, you let shipping me know today. Sh- I gotta check and see if mine might yeah, be hopefully shipping. Coming. I literally snuck in the like snuck in right at the last second. It had <laughs> about seven hours to go by the time I finally like uh, remembered to pull the trigger nice. on that purchase. So I booted up uh, Fallout Four yesterday. 
Uh, it took me an hour to get out of the vault and to, uh, like, the majority of that was creating my character. I get very, like, if you give me a lot of options for creating my character, I get very, very, like, specific with it. And uh, I spent a lot of time doing it. So I created a character and I'm out of the vault now. And um, I think what I'm going to have to do is uh, not try to go, like, this is what I've been doing. I started in the, in, in the area that I'm in, and I just started clearing houses. So, like, I go in, get all the stuff out of the the, the, the dressers and, like, anything I could just pick up, and I just pick it up. And then I, <laughs> and then, and then I, I just move on to the next house. So, like, it's not, it's not the most efficient use of my time. It's also not the most efficient use of uh, a, a way of progressing the story. Um, and so I think I'm going to have to change the way I'm doing that. Like basically just go look for resources whenever I need resources, um, is what I'm going to have to do. Uh, but yeah, cause otherwise you'll just be like, you'll be, uh, collecting things all day long. Yep. Yeah. I mean that I, I remember back to Bioshock infinite. Yeah. And, uh, there's just, uh, ammo and, and guns and salts and all that kind of stuff. And like in things like trash cans. So like I would you know, go in a new area, kind of defeat whatever bad guys are in there. And then I'd spend like the next like 10 minutes going up to every single trash can and rummaging through it and getting stuff. It's just like, what kind of, what kind of game is this? It's basically like, I'm basically a trash collector at this point. <laughs> I'm playing the trash collecting game that I, I sometimes shoot people. <laughs> it's a, it's a, uh, it's a trash collection simulator. <laughs> so yeah. A trash collection sim- simulator. So that's kind of how I feel like, like a scavenger. I feel like I'm just like a, a housemaid cleaning up after the apocalypse, going through people's houses, just taking all their junk out of the house. Chris, you realize that's a losing game. I feel like there's going to be a lot of, uh, of dust and a lot of like just random, Random stuff lying around oh, after yeah. the apocalypse. So I, I have to like I have to put the collector inside of me because it's like I'm collecting. That's what I'm doing. I'm collecting, but like, but once you had, w- w- yeah, once you have like junk. fifteen or sixteen thousand pieces of trash, right. you know, it's like I feel like then you you can call your collection complete. It does come in useful because you can craft things. You can mod your uh, your outfits, your guns to have different attachments, different perks, and higher defense and higher. Uh, radiation uh, defense and stuff like that, and so it's really cool in that way. So like, it's useful stuff. It, you all end up using it in some way. You can also use it to barter with people, which is really really cool. But um, you know, right now it's just like okay, I just I need to pr- stop and progress the story so that uh, I can have some fun. Yeah, for sure, dude. So fun in fact, I'm looking to see if uh, my thing is shipped. I entered the wrong email whenever oh, no. I purchased this, so I don't know if my thing has shipped Sean. or not. How do you know you um, entered the wrong email? Uh, because I just looked it up, and it rather than it, so I used a Gmail address, right? Uh, uh-huh. And so rather than it being Gmail, it was Gnail hmm. with an N instead of an M. So is that even a website? I don't know, but if there is someone with my email address at a Gnail.com. <laughs> you should see if that's even a website. I doubt it is. Uh, oh my gosh! So yeah, that's what I've been up to. Let's talk for a minute, John. About our trip. About our trip? Yes. So I went out there a little bit earlier than you did. Yes, you did. Um, and uh, so the first day, this is our first trip to LA, first trip to California. So the first day we just like spent down in uh, uh, Venice Beach, Santa Monica Beach, like that area, Santa Monica Pier. Checked that out. Did some cool shopping. Went on a beach, four-mile beach run, which was really cool. It was a lot of fun. Super um, fun, dude. The uh, second day we spent, first we went to Paramount Pictures and did the studio tour there. Then we went to Warner Brothers studios and did the tour there um while we're at paramount we saw the actor who plays uh um louis uh, i'm gonna call him louis stevens shia labeouf's dad in transformers he was there shooting something Um, nice that that was the only star we saw while we were at these studios 
I was hoping to see the Big Bang Theory guys. They were supposedly out like an hour before we were there. Oh man, walking around uh, the Warner Brothers sets. That's awesome. Whenever I was, uh, whenever I was there, there's a. Uh, I was taking a tour there mm-hmm. um, a, a while back. I saw Conan, and I saw nice. uh, who else did I see? We saw a couple of people like in the cafeteria and stuff That's like that. That's cool. So it was it was a it was an interesting time. It was really fun. That's awesome. That's a great tour. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and so like a couple of the the cool exhibits they have there right now. Yeah. They have until I think the end of December. Um, and so if you want to see these, you can go there. See them to the end of December. They have all every single working Batmobile um, on display in one of their uh, their sound stages. That's incredible, including the new one, which is huge, by the way. Yeah, dude, you showed me a picture. Um, I'll have to post. A, I'll post yeah, a picture. Post pictures on uh, on my uh, Instagram. You can see it at Chris Wright two five zero on Twitter or Instagram. So and yeah, we'll try to retweet it with the uh, at Stay on Target Pod Twitter. Yes. So, but like, whenever I saw the picture, I was like, man, is that the tumbler back there? And yep. the tumbler looks small. Oh like, yeah, really it, small compared to this thing. Looks small, like next to this. And I've stood next to the tumbler before, and it is not small. It no. is a rather large vehicle. <laughs> yes. And uh, so for this to to make the uh, tumbler look small, it's just yeah. like holy cow! This yeah. thing's got to be gigantic. It's it's crazy. It's insane. They also have on display. They have a lot of props um, and um, actual uh, costumes that were worn in the movies, including cool. the new Batman suit, the new Superman outfit, the new Wonder Woman outfit. All three of those That's are on cool. display, and they have things like you know from everything from the the Tim Burton Batman suit and props to through um, until uh, the latest one. And so like you know some of my favorite things. They had the the Joker card in the in the evidence bag um from uh batman begins batman begins you know then they have uh um the joker's outfit from the dark knight and they have all this other kind of like which you were the joker for halloween so how did your outfit and your thing compare obviously better no (laughs) i mean it was it was nowhere near the the quality like it was it was really cool like the, the cool thing was they were like these aren't you know you have to be careful don't touch them or also kick you out yeah. because they're not under glass. Mm. They're just out in the open. See, that's really is, cool. Which is crazy. Yeah, it's cool um, because you can get like really close to it. You can just like get down, like look at the threading. So like I was looking at like Batman's new suit, and yeah. just like getting really close there, and just like looking at like, it's it. I mean, it's it's cloth and, and like some kind of material underneath there. Yeah, like, looks super super cool. And uh, but it was cool getting that close to them. You know, just kind of like look and see what they're made out of, all that kind of stuff. For sure, that, dude. Some some of the, my favorite. Um, uh, costumes um, was obviously the, the new ones. Wonder Woman's outfit looks amazing. It's yeah. super complex. Yeah, like there's just so many like things going on with that outfit. Um, and then uh, I think Mr. Freeze's outfit was one of my favorites. Hmm. It was really complex and Schwarzenegger's. Really cool. Uh huh. Yeah. And it, you know it lit up and all that kind of stuff. Um, the the Joker's obviously from the Dark Knight. That's super um, cool. And then the other one was uh, Catwoman's outfit, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman outfit from Batman Forever. No, ba- yeah, Batman. I don't remember I which don't one. Anyway, it's like the one that has like all the, it's, it's it has all these laces. It's all laced up all, all over it, like different places. And it's like, man, this is way more complex than it looked like in the movie. Yeah, and that's the thing about a lot of the uh, the. Uh, like things that I've seen it either they they either lean one way or the other where it's like they're either way more complex than they look like they are on screen or they're much simpler than they look on right. screen, um, which was the case with uh, some of the Star Wars things, um, like the original. Well, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. In a yes, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. The um, 
they also had like the bomb that was blowing up in the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, nice man! They were taking around the city. That was that was on display there. Upstairs, they had Harry Potter outfits. So yep. um, it was. Uh, I think they've had that for a while. They've had that for a long time. Yeah. I saw that one whenever we uh, we took the tour. That right. was fun. And I don't I don't think that that's necessarily um, moving. So right, if you go after the end of the year, you should be able to see that. But, yeah, um, it was cool seeing both of those. Um, those uh, costume and prop displays. Yeah. Um, super, super fun. Uh, okay, so th- that day... Oh, then, then uh, Didi and I went down uh, to uh, Hollywood. Um, and The Walk uh, of Fame? The Walk of Fame. The Walk of Fame. We went to the Chinese Theater, which there was some kind of debut there that night. Cool. Um, and so people were, you know, being having pictures taken as they walked in. We went in and watched Spectre at the Chinese Theater. Cool. And uh, that was really cool. Did, you what did you think of Spectre? Give I, us a give us a soft review on. Okay. Oh wait, wait! I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. I will give you a non spoiler ish. Okay. I like, like it. Review. Um, this it, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it's it kind of moves a little bit away from the the heavy. I don't know. It still has a lot of backstory, but like just like heavy handed backstory that exists has existed in the previous. Um, Daniel Craig Bond films, yeah, and goes for more for a straight up like James Bond adventure. You know, he says things like my name, you know, Bond, James Bond, you know, yeah. like that kind of stuff. So it's like there's a lot of callbacks to a lot of other classic Bond moments. Um, the the thing I like about it is it if this were to be the last Daniel Craig Bond movie, it fits perfectly as a an end cap. On this series, like it feels yeah. it, like the, his it feels honestly his run feels complete with this movie. That's which interesting. Is weird. Like we don't know if he's going to do another one. Um, we don't know who's going to end up with the uh, potentially with the rights to a 007 uh, in the in like upcoming future. There's going to be I don't know if there's if it's, there's a timeline on that or whatever. Well, same but, people have the rights to it, but it's the the deal with I think um, uh, is it who's putting it out? Who's, Sony. Distributing it, I think so. Sony's yeah. distributing it, so I think the deal with them is up. So, yes. like, you know, there's there will be another Bond movie. It's just right. not like who's distributing it. Um, we we also don't know, like, because there's been you know he's he's said a lot of things about not wanting to do another one, but then there's like rumors that he does want to do. Well, another Well, there was one some and, interview where he was like, well, obviously, he said, I, I don't want to think about it right now. He's like, well, he said, I'd rather kill myself basically right. than do another Bond movie. Right. And so it's like, ah, that doesn't really sound like you want to, you want to do another one. But right. you know, there's been conflicting reports, so we don't know. Yeah. But say he doesn't do another one, I'm fine with it. Like it's a great, uh, it's a great, um, it's a great piece to this. This uh, library of films. That's good, man. And and uh, so after you see it, we should review it. Where does it stack up? Like, I mean, if you were to put this in terms of, I mean, obviously, uh, we both really, really enjoyed Skyfall. Mm-hmm. Um, where does it stack up with Skyfall? Did you? Um, I mean, obviously, you don't have the 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 hindsight or the the yeah the time to really absorb everything in it and the the number of views, maybe. But like gut instinct, where does this one stack up with uh, with Skyfall? If I was going to rank the Daniel Craig movies, I would say number one, Skyfall. Okay. Number two, Casino Royale. Number three, Spectre. Okay. Number four, um, Quantum of Solace. But if I were to rank them in terms of, you know, like how much fun I have with them. Yeah. um, I would say this one. Okay. um, And then... Uh, probably uh, Casino Royale, yeah, and then Skyfall, yeah, 
and then Quantum of Solace. Cool. Quantum of Solace is at the bottom of the list always. Oh, of course. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> of course. Um, but this was a fun movie. Yeah. And and there's a lot like there's a lot of cool things in this. It made and, a lot of money while it was out too. I mean, like, or or well, it's still out. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. But like the first weekend it came out, it yeah. made a lot of money. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's awesome, dude. So next day of your trip. Oh, next day of the trip. So that day was. Um, so we stayed that night. We stayed on Sunset Boulevard, and then we uh, we headed. Oh, we went to some place. We went to the Los Angeles um, Museum of. Oh wait, Los Angeles County Museum of Art. Yeah, and uh, we went to something called the Rain Room there. Which actually, Chris, you are you are now a member. I am. Well, we got there, and they were like, "The Rain Room is booked from now until January," and I'm like, "Oh man." That's not cool. And they were like, well, the only way you could get in is if you become a member of the uh, the museum, and then you can get into the rain room. I'm like, can I get into it today? And they're like, yes. So like, we talked for a second. We're like, yes, this is like worth We're it. doing like, this. Th- yeah, we, we came here to do this. Like, yeah. I'm not going to let a little, like, it was only it was, it was only like 40 extra bucks a person or something like that. Like, it's not bad. Um, because you ended up getting a discount and all that kind of stuff off of the rain room. Um, if you are a member, and so like that's awesome. the way it just kind of the math worked out, it's just kind of like, well, I mean, let's just do it. Yeah, let's become members of. Well, the like museum. you, you flew all the way across. Like you were telling me about that, like the yeah. week before, two yes. weeks before, or whatever, where you're like, there's this rain room, and I really want to go to it. <laughs> I mean, you fly out there, and with this expectation of going to the rain room, yeah, you're not gonna let something small get in the way of the rain room. No, not at all. So the rain room, Chris, tell it, us about this it's rain. A, it's a room. Uh, so it's a it's a it's a completely dark room um, with one light and there's rain continuously falling from the ceiling. However, wherever you walk, it senses that you're there and it stops raining where you are walking. It's pretty incredible. And so as you walk through it, you do not get wet. You have to walk slowly. If you ran through it, it wouldn't figure it out, you know, but... W- okay, here's a question. Yeah. If you ran through it, would mm-hmm. there be a path uh, of, of like, non-rain right behind you? Yeah, there would be a, a delay. It was basically That's like, cool. it sense it because it's, it, the ceiling's pretty high, so yeah, it, yeah. It, it has to sense that you're there and then yeah. stop raining, and then you have to, like, basically let the rain finish I falling see, from see. the ceiling. So, like, that's why there's a delay. Interesting. And um, it was just really, really cool. Like, they, they did it in, I think, in New York... Um, and it was super popular there. It's obviously super popular popular in LA. Yeah. Um, like if anyone has the chance to go see that, they should. Like it was like one of the highlights of the trip. That's cool. Um, and we were like, yeah, that was well worth the uh, the time and uh, and money spent to go see that. That's cool, dude. Um, I, like I want what I wanted to do. I'd love to just go in there and just like lay down and just like take a nap with it just raining all around me, except oh my for gosh. not on me. You know, so the floor. Here's a question: uh-huh. Is the does are there? Uh, is it like a graded floor and that sort of thing to where it won't pool up uh, and get you wet, even if you're like barefoot or like in socks, or if you lay down on the ground, would you then get wet? Uh, you, I mean, because it's raining on the grate. It's a grate, like yeah. basically, it's it's pretty close, um, closely netted grate. Um, and, uh, and so if you lay down on it, like, I mean, it's getting water on it. So like right. you'd soak up a little bit of water, but you wouldn't be like laying in a puddle by Makes any sense. means. Makes sense. Um, that's awesome. Dude. And I think it's like basically just recycling the same water and over and over, um, because it, it sounded like it was just landing uh, down and down. I mean, unless they're just, I can't imagine them using that much water every day. Well, I mean, seeing as, uh, as California is in a massive drought, yeah. I would hope not. <laughs> I would sincerely hope that that's not just going, you know, going away right. or whatever. Um, but. 
dude, it was it was super super cool. Like what was crazy was like they were like only eight people underneath it at a time, you know. Because what was yeah. funny is if you got more than that, the whole thing would kind of just shut off because there's just like so many people underneath there. It would just sense a big gigantic yeah, crowd just, of people and be like, like well. <laughs> It's not raining anymore. It's just not raining. Um, so, but it was it was amazing. You can check out some uh, one of my photos I took. I'll post some more. Um, but one of my photos at uh, Chris Wright two five zero. Yeah, on Twitter. On Twitter and on uh, Instagram. That's awesome, dude. Um, I should have hashtagged this trip somehow. You should have. You should have uh, come up with uh, some sort of a weird hashtag yeah. to use. I Maybe mean, I can go back and ret- uh, retroactively do that. Um, I don't know if you can on Twitter, but you can on Instagram. We went to uh, we went. I oh, know you can't on Twitter. I wish you could. No, you can't. You have to delete a tweet and then retweet. Yeah, it I'm not going to bother with that. No, not a, not um, a chance. So uh, the, then we went out to uh, the to Disneyland. We went to the expo. Got yep. ready for the race the next day. Yeah. Um, the races. We took a lot of photos with uh, with Marvel superheroes. Yeah, it was super fun. They uh, the characters that they had out there. They had, they had uh, four main characters, or, or was it five main characters that they had? Four, um, four. Uh, so four main characters that they had, um, and those were there pretty much for every race. It was uh, it was Thor, uh, it was uh, Black Widow, it was uh, Captain America, and Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, so much fun to meet all of those characters. They yeah. were all like really good yeah. uh, good characters, and I swear, dude, that. Uh, uh, that um, Captain America in the Marvel movies, mm-hmm. that Chris Evans is playing the guy that the Captain America we met. <laughs> like yes. it's not the other way around. It's it's that that was we met the real Captain America. You can't convince me that we didn't. And uh, and that, that Chris Evans is playing this Captain. He was America. a great Captain America. Oh my gosh, he was amazing. Every day, man. Uh huh. Every day. Uh, he he. First of all, he remembered me from every day. That's awesome. Um, and even on like the last day or whatever, he was like. Uh, he was like, he's like, oh, he's like, I like this guy. He's like, oh, I'm take the picture or whatever, fist bump. And he's like, now get back to running and gives me a massive shove like on my shoulder where it's like the Captain America don't know my own strength kind of situation uh-huh. where it's just like, boom. And you're just kind of like, whoa, you know, if <laughs> I hadn't amazing. been already running, I would have, uh, you know, maybe face planted or whatever. <laughs> but it was hilarious, dude. That's awesome. Yeah, um, uh, I think whenever I came up to my favorite encounter, I came up to uh, Thor, and you know, he was a great, you know, Thor. He was just like, yeah. ha, 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 you know, of welcome, course. friend. You know, of course. And so I go up there and I'm, I take it, I'm like, hey, how's it going? You know, or something like that. And uh, I'm like, how's Odin doing? He's like, oh, 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 Odin's doing great. He's sure not running a 5K this morning, though. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, oh, so it was, it was really cool, like talking to him like that. Like I told Hawkeye to stay on target, and he said, always that's amazing and um uh yeah that's so, like, amazing was, he didn't understand how much that meant no he didn't understand like the complete the reference subtext. there yeah um i'm sure he understood just the general like okay stay on target now hawkeye you know use yeah, you bow know. and arrow then like the star wars stay on target reference of course. You know, but not the podcast stay on target reference exactly uh, but it was really really cool or maybe he does he might maybe he hears this he might listen right now it, i mean if so Thank you, sir. Yeah. And uh, you were an amazing Hawkeye. Absolutely. So um, there are also like a large number of other characters that were out and about, uh, but they were like cosplayers. Yes. And that was some of the coolest things ever. Yeah. Well, um, there were some cosplayers in the race that yep. were running. But then as we were running the half marathon, oh my gosh. like there was this whole stretch. It was probably a good quarter mile oh, of yeah. nothing but cosplayers. Yeah, people, dude. Like dressed up like Marvel superheroes. And they were like their costumes looked so good. Like <laughs> yes. everybody did such a good job there. Yes. And I was such a. Like I so appreciative to see them out there. It was uh, yeah. it was like between mile seven and eight somewhere or yeah. whatever. And like you all of a sudden t- make, turn this corner and there's just a rows upon rows yep. of Marvel superheroes. Um, I mean, it, 
so many of them like there was a a bunch of agent carters Mm -hmm. um from different time periods like Mm -hmm. from from the show from the uh the war and that sort of thing the movies and stuff and then there There was uh there's some a bunch of colson's there was um oh uh there were several Thors. I thought saw several Spider Men, um, a couple of Deadpool's, yeah, um, a couple actually the uh, the um, uh, evil Spider Man uh, from uh, Spider Man Three. Um, also saw uh, oh I took we took I took a picture with uh, the best looking Loki oh my I have ever seen so so amazing <laughs> like he he was perfect he like should as, work for Disney in the parks I was I was, was running by I was like oh my gosh Loki <laughs> and then one of the uh, one of the characters standing right next to him was like yeah we know <laughs> awesome. <laughs> like everybody did such like such a good job of like being in character and, like, oh, yeah. and it was awesome dude. So much fun. Um, that was something that we saw um, up uh, in Disney. Uh, they have, uh, what was it called? Launch Bay. Yeah. Um, and they had yeah. some Marvel stuff upstairs. We saw props from uh, from Thor, yeah. props from uh, Iron Man. Yeah, all the Iron Man suits. Yeah, that's some really cool. Stuff cool. Up there. But yeah, the, the rest of the race, you know, we ran through the Angel Stadium. There was a bunch of uh, like... Um, uh, 1940s dressed kind of military yeah like uh, uh, world war ii kind of veterans yeah uh, they were dressed a, a, as that yes. it was awesome man yeah it was just a really fun race so uh that we we did that and then uh oh yeah and then we did, we were just at disney the rest of the time yeah. basically yeah it was so much fun like disney is always one of my favorite things to do um and yeah. I, i've been out to uh to disneyland quite a few quite a bit the differences are 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 interesting i, I like the both the disneyland and disney world uh yeah. for different reasons yeah. um everything's so close together out at disneyland that it's easy to jump between like from park to park and you know jump over for lunch to downtown disney it's all just mm-hmm. kind of right there and uh and our hotels we were staying really close to our property too oh so yeah it was, i mean it was that was easy. the way to do it you know, yeah. like if especially whenever you're getting up at three thirty in the morning to oh run the race, gosh, so like dude. if you were off campus somewhere, like that would be the worst. Yeah, I'm sure they don't call it campus, but you know. <laughs> uh, so the uh, the inner student comes out, Chris. Yeah, the the different um, the the different locations that I got to say, like in California, we stayed in Venice Beach, then we stayed in in Hollywood, and then yeah. out in Anaheim, then we, we went back to Hollywood for a night, then we stayed in uh, Laguna Beach. Um, it was just cool seeing a lot of California, getting to, getting to uh, just spend over a week out there and just kind of get used to everything. It was amazing. So your first trip to California, success? Was it fun? It was a blast, yeah, man. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I, I always, like every time I go out there, I come back and I'm like, man, why Why don't I just like live out there for a while? You yes. know, why don't why don't you just move out there for just a small, short period of time and you know, just have have that experience? And then, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it, the weather's really amazing and uh, the locations, like the beaches are all right there. It's just mm-hmm. such a great place man oh yeah so, um, so much fun the last day that we were there mm-hmm. uh full day anyway yes um began something that is awesome for uh for you and i mm-hmm. um is the season and of force in disneyland yes um and and i guess disney world has has some elements the, of it the too. star wars season of the force the star wars season of the force and uh the things that we saw there i was super excited that we were actually going to be able to see it because they announced the season of force like a while back but i didn't really do the math where it was like going to overlap until mm-hmm. the, like the day we left uh catherine was like Oh my gosh, we're gonna be there, and they're gonna have a season. Like they're gonna have a bunch of Star Wars rides and Star Wars things. Are they doing it in in, uh, Florida as well? They're doing like the uh, the, you know the launch bay or whatever. They're doing elements of that there. Okay. Um, they're doing some other things with like in Hollywood Studios. uh, With like the showings, the shows, Mm -hmm. and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but 
in Disneyland, they have revamped and like redone themed basically Space Mountain as Hyperspace Mountain, which is yes. a roller coaster if you don't know. Yes. Um, and they have in the uh, dark. Yeah, it's in the park. In and, the dark. In the dark. Yeah, it's you. You ride around this roller coaster indoors in the dark, and uh, and man, it was so cool. It was amazing. It basically, so they uh, they retooled it to tell the story of the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. Over Jakku, you're you are part of Squadron seventy seven. Yep, um, which is and, uh, and, a nod to the year the Star Wars was released. Yes, and uh, you are assaulting a star destroyer and trying to take it down. Yeah. So you, uh, the the whole overall kind of uh, vibe that I got from that ride was like it was. It was a slow start, but it made perfect sense, and it ended on like a, with a bang, dude. Oh, yeah. Um, so yeah, if anybody has any chance, like if they're in that area, if they are thinking about going to that area during this time, you should do it. You should swing by and uh, and do this ride. Oh yeah, I mean the entire time. So I only got to ride it once because um, it broke down after I wrote it. You and broke it. Chris. I broke it. You broke it. <laughs> um, but the I kept putting it off. I kind of not really like it. Just didn't fit into our schedule, right? Um, for the because we got there kind of in the afternoon. Um, for the rest of the day because it was just like sixty-five minute wait, right. eighty-five minute wait, ninety-five minute oh, wait, dude. and then it went back down to seventy-five while I was like in launch bay looking at things, and then it went back up to ninety-five whenever I finally hopped in it, and I was like, oh man. Um, so that part that was amazing. You know, like just the uh, the way that they projected. You know, like the. The uh, X Wings and oh Tie gosh. Fighters fighting, and the way that the lasers kind of like went around yeah, you. Yeah, to... bef- before they, they you kind of go into hyperspace and uh, and warp in and yes. warp out as well. And so those kind of uh, animations as you're as you're on the roller coaster are, are amazing. They did feel basically perfect. projection on the on the walls, and uh, some of it were were lights that were already there that they just kind of like repurposed to uh, to look like hyperspace. And yeah, it was just so cool. But yeah, um, it really felt like you were in a battle, man. Oh, it felt yeah. like you were in a space battle. And, uh, and it's and just it, so chaotic. There's there's uh there's TIE fighter uh pilots talking to your ear, mm-hmm. you know, and they're they're radioing and, uh, back and forth and yeah, X Wing pilots. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry, X Wing fighters. Yeah, so not there's TIE the whole, fighters. Uh, can't shake him and then they yep. explode kind of thing. And um, uh, Admiral Akbar is actually the mm-hmm. one sending you in. And so like there's this uh there's a video beforehand where where he's uh giving you your mission briefing and stuff. And that was awesome as yeah. well. Whenever he's he's giving you your mission, you're just like, This is so cool. And at one point you go in and he and he goes, It's a trap. Yes. And uh <laughs> and I was just I the first time I heard it, I just cracked up and was like, This is amazing. <laughs> um but yeah, I, I actually wrote it, got to got to write it uh three times total um and it was it was a really fun time dude that's awesome. so much fun the other ride that they retooled is star tours yeah and you know that usually like it, it rotates between like three different um planets that you go to something like that um this time i i think for the entire duration of season of the force the first like you usually go to two different locations right but um the first location is always jakku and so in the, if you've right. seen in the trailers where the millennium falcon is um being chased and uh fighting off some tie fighters through the wreckage on Jakku, you uh, basically fly alongside with it for right. Star Tours, and that was awesome. It felt so oh, good, my dude. Gosh. It was uh, it was amazing to see this stuff happening. Like you're flying alongside of uh, the Millennium Falcon, and you're just here. I, I was I the whole time was just big smile on my face. Oh you know? yeah, it was. Um, it was honestly, I think it was one of the best uh, locations that they have in Star Tours. I honestly hope that they keep that around as part of the rotation after this. And I don't see why they would. I don't see why they wouldn't, and I don't see why they wouldn't. Add some more to it, you know. Yeah. I mean, whenever the movie comes out and we know more about, like, rather than uh, the Battle of Jakku, which is uh, not in the movie, it's, right. it's uh, basically the the in between well, the two movies. So that 
that's not uh, following the Millennium Falcon is not part of the Battle of Jakku. That's right. Oh, something gotcha. In the movie, you know what I mean? Like, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that is in the movie. So, it, but you're right. It would be cool to see like different locations, different kind of like because there's other battles in the movie. It looks like for sure. The trailer, BB-8 pops up in the middle of the yep. uh, the ride and gives you some different directions. His like, I think what interested me the most was like the sounds that he makes are mm-hmm. so unique. Like they're not an R2D2 sounds, right? Um, and they're more. Uh, it's more kind of like a language. It almost sounds like yeah, and and they're lower, and mm-hmm. it's like it, it fits with the way his head kind of moves around and mm-hmm. stuff. It's it's a really he's got a unique personality, which I like. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm interested to see where you know it's. A fun comment that people have made about uh, BB-8. Everybody loves BB-8. Like whenever they first, from the moment in that teaser trailer, whenever you see him bobbing along and he makes those weird sounds, um, people have been like kind of skeptical. Like some people will love him, but then other people will be skeptical because they're like, well, maybe he's the new Jar Jar, or maybe oh, you know what? If, what would happen if like because we don't know anything about this character? Like right. what would happen if it's you know <laughs> if it ends up not being a good character or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I, I don't feel like that's going to happen at all no. at this point, you know? Yeah, I have nothing to indicate that. Um, right. The, uh, the thing I like about um, the season of the Force is that they not only did the rides, but yep. they're also stormtroopers walking around, so the, the new ones. And so yep. I, I, got a, I got a selfie with one of the new stormtroopers. That's awesome. He t- they, uh, they were talking, and so he... Uh, I forgot what they were saying. Like they, I was thinking before I grabbed them, um, he's, they were saying like, "Keep calm, citizens. We're here to help," or something like that. And that's like, amazing. I took, a, took a selfie with them, and then like I was gonna take another one, and he and he was just like just left. He then he was like, uh, I think the the thing that he said was, uh, "Oh, thank you for your support, citizen," or something like that. That's um, hilarious. Yeah, so it was super super cool. Chris, you're joining the dark side. <laughs> Don't do it. Well, I just Don't took, do I just it. Took a selfie, man. Um, but it was it was funny because like you could tell like they were they were down to business they yeah. were going somewhere yeah they're down going down to business they also changed around all the food and yep. so like they had a uh, a first order dark side burger and yeah. it was like it was the uh, the dark buns yeah with, like a black bun yeah with uh, with squid ink in it and all that kind of yeah. stuff and um, it was like spicy aioli and they yeah. had a light side something you know yeah. like everything was in a you could get it in a Han Solo carbonite case for your burger right which was <laughs> hilarious like uh yeah anyway yeah that, that that was all awesome uh but then one of my favorite things mm. in the launch bay yes. uh, area like which is what you were just talking about up on the upper level they have the marvel stuff and they moved it up there but on the lower level they have a bunch of props and they have a really cool um kind of beside, behind the scenes look at uh the force awakens yeah um kind of playing on loop down there on a the tv and so a lot of the like you got to see the uh everybody's outfits like you could see the uh ray's outfit and the complexity that there was mm. with that outfit mm-hmm. you could see the stormtrooper it's like, her scavenger outfit right it's her scavenger outfit and then the uh the flame trooper uh, outfit and you could see everybody's guns mm-hmm. and lightsabers you could see kylo ren's uh, mm-hmm. lightsaber did you um, read all those placards i did not because i didn't want to avoid spoiler oh, okay because um, there's one thing i want to talk about oh which one was it which, oh, it's uh, a spoiler. On which one okay well then, I do not want to uh, to talk about it. But lots of people were taking pictures of them. So if you want to know all of these spoilers, I'm sure you could find them on oh, uh, yeah. on the interwebs. I could um, post them at SamTrekerPodcast.com if you want me to. Absolutely, you should. Man, I don't know if I can do that tonight. I will. Uh, I'll, I will post it in a separate post. How about that? That sounds so good. sometime this week. That sounds good. Um, I will. Uh, I'll post it. I'll also tweet it out. At Chris Archie, have zero at Stand Pod. and at John Wright seven seven seven. I'll retweet it, and it will be the uh, the images 
about all of the, so I took the thing was I didn't I had limited time in there right and so I didn't even read them yeah. I just took the pictures and went did you read them later I read them later and yeah. so um, I'll put everything that relates to the new movie okay. in a post on staintargetpodcast.com cool. so one of the coolest things in there they had the uh, Darth Vader suit that Darth Vader actually wore um, in in the movie like the mm-hmm. helmet and stuff and that was one of the ones where I was like man this looks way simpler mm-hmm. than my mind makes it look mm-hmm. in the film like it, it the uh, the buttons weren't super complex on his chest plate Mm. The helmet didn't have like uh, much many markings on it. Or I mean, it was just it's a very, very, very kind of simple uh, outfit, but it's so intimidating on film. And, and that was one of the the ones that I mentioned that it, it seems like it either leans one way or the other, where it either is super more complex than it looks on film or it's simpler than it looks on. Well, film. whenever you think of the, the Empire, you know, you think of like clean, sleek lines, right. you know, like there's not a lot. I mean, it feels complex, but it's not there's not a lot of design complexity to it. Right. And uh, and so like I think that that lends itself to that. So that means they did a good job. It absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, that was super fun. Was there anything else with the uh, well, I don't, I, so there was that one behind the scenes um, movie that was like I, that's think, right. I feel like it was like seven minutes long that um, featured J.J. Abrams and Kathleen right. Kennedy and a bunch of other people talking about the behind the scenes making of the new movie. But then there was also uh, a that's film right. playing called uh, Path of the Jedi that kind of took a montage and told the story of Anakin and Luke Skywalker along with Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn and kind of told the story um, of uh, Anakin's path to the dark side and Luke's um, bringing him back. And then it, it ended with the latest theatrical trailer for, for episode seven. Yeah, which was wild. Like, that was the first time I watched it. I didn't even watch all of it. Like, I listened to all of it. Uh, <laughs> but whenever it hits, like, there's a moment usually in every trailer, at the end of every trailer or whatever, whenever it hits this, like, really quick montage thing where it's doing snapshots of a bunch of action scenes and, like, yeah. stuff going on. I, I, I closed my eyes during that point because I, I was like, I don't want to spoil much else. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, it's there's uh there was a lot there, man. It's it oh, was yeah. uh just just like with any of the other trailers, it's like it you hit certain points in the trailers and it's just like just the the cry switch. Right. The, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's whenever Han, Han uh, spoilers for the trailer if you haven't seen. Yeah. But uh, it's whenever Han um, basically says uh, he said it's all true. Yep. You know, the the the, the Jedi and the dark side yeah. and the light like Yeah. Uh, it's all real, and I'm like, yes, it's real. Yes, yeah. like even know. if uh, even the uh, the hardened smuggler believes it, yeah, it's true. Uh, you know, so yeah, yeah, it was really, 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 really cool. Yeah, dude, uh, I will warn you. Okay, and anyone else who wants to avoid spoilers, yeah, okay. Don't look at anything that Andy Circus is saying on the internet. Okay, he's spoiling a lot of things right Aww. now. Ah. Uh, also, next week, um, I got the uh, the issue of Entertainment Weekly. With about Star Wars, a lot of spoilers in that thing Aww. too. So uh, beware! Like you can buy it, just don't read it until after the film if you don't want to be spoiled on several. I feel like big plot points. Yeah, see, that's that's where I'm at right now. So did you read it and get spoiled? Uh, there. Well, so this is the thing. Some of them are on the cover. Oh so, man! So don't like. Don't I, even look at. Don't it. Don't read the cover. Don't even like, look at. You it. You can look at the cover. Okay. Just don't read the cover. Okay. Um, so and don't, uh, definitely don't flip through it because like there's several pictures in there that I'm kind of like, well, that was a spoiler. Yeah. So I'm kind of like that's where I'm at right now is I'm, I'm just kind of head down like don't pay like anybody talks Star Wars I'm I'm out I'm done I'm not moving you know I'm not not listening and uh, not reading not looking at it so I mean it's that's pretty just, much it's a month from this. Uh, Yesterday? Yeah, two, let's, two, let's, two days ago. Let's find out exactly 
how oh, long it is, Chris. I forgot you have the exact number. I do have the exact. It is 27 days, 22 hours, 36 minutes, and zero seconds. Wow. Oh, yeah. That's wild. Dude, so this brings us to our uh, Star Wars moment. It's the oh, road man. to the Force Awakens is what I've been calling this. And so it's, it's our Star Wars moment of the week. And Chris... It is your turn to present a, uh, a Star Wars moment for us to talk about. All right. So I know that we've been mainly hitting up the uh, the original trilogy in these this moments. Is true. I'm going to go all the way back to episode one, John. Episode one, the one Phantom of, Menace. One of my favorite Star Wars villains of all time and one of my favorite lightsaber bat- battles of all time, along with my favorite Star Wars music of all time, the battle with Darth Maul. Duel of the Fates. Caught Yes, that is exactly it. Yep. Whenever, uh, whenever, I mean, it doesn't even last that long, honestly, because it's cut in with a, a lot of other things going on. Yeah, um, but it's cut in with the Gungan fight. Yeah, which is um, not as exciting. But there's that that it lightsaber helps, battle. It helps it build up to whenever you go back to the lightsaber battle. That lightsaber battle is amazing. Um, just Darth Maul was like the coolest. He doesn't. And, he doesn't talk much. Oh. He doesn't need to talk much because he looks super cool, and he was just. He was on point so with his lightsaber. The um the the moment. Okay, so let's go. Let's let's dissect this moment into a smaller moment that mm. I I love in that whole sequence. Mm-hmm. So earlier he fights Qui Gon, right? Yeah. On on uh, Tatooine, but whenever he appears in the doorway and he lights up the second side of his lightsaber, it's yeah. the first moment that you really see that it's a double sided lightsaber. I just right. you just think it's a big handled lightsaber before whenever yeah. he's fighting. And so you you like that moment where he's just kinda like he puts his other hand on it and he you know extends the lightsaber and you're like, Oh my goodness. Yes. It's going down. Oh yeah. I know. I mean Oh my gosh. I, there's everything about that that uh, that fight. I just love it. And they take off their cloaks, mm-hmm. uh, Obi-Wan and, and Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh, dude. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah, it is good. Uh, well, a memory that I want to share that go, kind of goes along with that. Uh, I remember one summer, it was after uh, probably the this, this, this summer that um, that movie came out. Um, our cousin, Matt Dean, came down to visit, and we all had, he had the Darth Maul lightsaber that lit up. We had, like, Green Luke's lightsabers or something like that that lit up. And, uh, and so we were outside. I don't know how old we were. I was probably like eight. You were probably like, no, well, hang on. No, how old? How old? 2001. Let's just figure it out exactly. Yeah. Let's, let's uh, go there. 2001. I would have been, oh man. What? When did I? I would have been I about born? 12. 12. So I would have been, I think 14. I was born in 80, 88. Math guys, math super late at night. Oh, this is the worst. I would have been 15. I think. Uh, so I would have been, let me I see. I would have been 15. So yeah, you would have been 15 and I would Dang, have been like I was tw- old. 12 or really? 13. No, there's no there's way. There's no way. Cause when we didn't, did that live, movie we, come didn't out? we didn't I, live okay, there. I said 2001. Yeah. We didn't live yeah. there whenever that happened. No. So, um, uh, yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm going to look it up. Phantom 99, Menace. I bet is when it came out. Did it come out in 99. Yes. I'm going to find out. All right. Uh, We're looking on IMDb. It's, it's happening right now. 99. You're right. right. 99. So that so <laughs> that makes a little bit more sense, Chris. That means Chris. I would have been 13. You would have been 11. So we go out and uh, we were playing you know, lights, with our lightsabers. We lived across the street from um, a family, and the, uh, the girl that lived there was like in high school or something like that. And she had a party. And there was a lot of people at this party. And we were like... You know what would be so cool? So we go out in the front yard and have a lightsaber battle in the front yard in the dark. 
And everyone will watch us and think we're so cool. And we're like, yep. yes, let's do it. It's a great so idea. We, we went out there and you and I fought Matt. Well, he had his double double uh, bladed lightsaber. Yep. And uh, I don't remember. I want to say we spent a little bit of time choreographing uh, a few sequences. We did in the backyard. In the backyard. And yep. then you take it to the front yard, the, uh-huh. you know. So yeah. display it for all the people. Yeah, who backstage, at the party. backstage, on stage. You know, it's... because high schoolers love watching lightsaber rattles, John. <laughs> high schoolers at a high school party. Yes. <laughs> uh, and so we go out there. We did the whole thing. I don't remember who won. Probably us because we're the good guys. And uh, and then we ran back. We're like, yes, that was the best. Flash forward to probably about five years later, whenever I worked at Hollister. Oh, in, nice in Carbondale. And uh, I've, one of the managers who, who, who started working there at one point ended up being the girl that we lived across the street from. Oh, my gosh. Whose party it was. That's awesome. And I, once I figured out it was her, <laughs> I was like, do you remember a party that you had? And there was some kids across the some street. crazy kids. And they had a lightsaber battle in front of your party. And she was like, yes, I do. I was like, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was, um, it was it was pretty amazing. Did you think it was super cool, or did did they? <laughs> she, I mean, yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, like you know, we were both like, I think she was out of college because she was a manager, you know, and then right. I was like in college, so it's like you know, you're <laughs> mature enough at that point to where you're like, oh yeah, that's hilarious. That's really you know, fun, that's a yeah. super cool coincidence. You know, at, at that point, she thought, <laughs> thought we were just like dorky kids. Uh, of course, know? they were like, oh, these these Stupid. next door neighbors are they're ruining my party, they're distracting all my guests <laughs> with their lightsabers. Oh, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, that's, that's a good star Wars moment, a good star Wars moment (laughs) along with a good moment from our own lives. (laughs) That's so awesome. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Uh, all right, Chris. So there are a couple of, uh, well, we're reviewing 40. Oh yeah. We're going to review the hungry games. (laughs) We're now 50 minutes into this podcast. Oh my gosh, John. Um, but first the news, the news. It's late, Chris. It is very late. <laughs> We're going to start going insane here in a minute. I don't, I'm not going to be able to remember anything about these Arrow episodes. All right, Chris. So the news. Let's just dive right into the news. All right. We have two items, right? We have two items All on right. the list. Um, and uh, potentially a, a, a soft Ooh. third. You might okay. have had a, a, an addendum to one of them. I don't remember. Um, okay. Maybe not. We have two items. All right. <laughs> um, the very first one is, uh, is in fact, Star Wars related. Um and it is that Star Wars The Force Awakens has already made $50 million what? due to advanced ticket sales. That's insane. That's nuts. The movie hasn't even come out yet, and it's made $50 million. Wow. That's wild. That is wild. That's, that's the item. Um, you had an addendum to that one. Oh, I do. Yeah, I found it. Okay. Um, I realized what it was. So uh, recently, I don't know when the actual release date was, but for the first time, the uh, if you want to buy the original trilogy by itself on Blu-ray or the prequel trilogy on its uh, by itself on Blu-ray, you can now do that. Those uh, were released sometime in the last month or so. Um, they also repackaged the uh, the box set um, to have Darth Vader on it rather than like. Anakin with, you know, Tatooine in the background. It's completely repackaged. Um, same special features. Cool. Just a note, if you're trying to, if you want both trilogies, you get more special features if you buy the whole set together than if you buy them separately. There's several different um, bonus discs that are not present if you buy them separately. Interesting. Interesting. I like it, Chris. Mm-hmm. I need to buy those uh, films. I know. I, I don't own too. them. Uh, or... 
you own them on DVD. Uh, DVD. Yeah, I sadly, so I have every single one of them except for uh, Attack of the Clones on DVD. <laughs> makes sense, Chris. That actually makes sense. But I need them on Blu-ray. <laughs> I mean, there's no reason why I should just keep watching these these uh, DVDs <laughs> what, to death. What, what's really funny is uh, <laughs> whenever you get your set, you should just take Attack of the Clones and snap it in half. Or oh something. yeah, I'm just gonna throw yeah, that one away. Just... <laughs> Forget about. It. I'm never watching it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> i have a friend oh gosh i have a friend who uh he he loves fast and the furious all right he uh it's like his favorite franchise favorite movies ever yeah he was devastated when paul walker died of course all right we all were that series he, is awesome he, he owns the box set every single movie except he's never unwrapped tokyo drift <laughs> And Dude, we'll never unwrap Tokyo well, that Drift. Well, was, that was like the sequel that everyone was like, huh? <laughs> yeah. It was, doesn't I mean, have any of the original. It's just kind of weird. It, it was just like, hey, we have, we have this script for a, uh, a, a car movie, and why don't we just put the name yeah. Fast and Furious on it? Yeah. And hey, it worked, Chris. Which one was it that referenced Tokyo Drift? Was it the latest one or was yes. it six? It was, uh, it was the, no, it might have been six. It might have been six. One of them. Yeah. I think, I think it was And it was six. awesome. I mean, it was really funny whenever yeah. it happened. It was, it was great whenever it happened. Like, you're bringing everything in, um, wrapping it all into, uh, it, you know, it's it's its own movie world at this point. Right. Um, and that's, uh, I don't know, man. It's They're awesome. Yeah. Love it. Okay. Last piece of news, Chris. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow are coming to 3DS. What? It's uh, the original Pokemon games. So I remember, this is a memory from our childhood. I remember a uh, our, our, our friend from across the street. He would bring over his Game Boy, and he would be playing uh, Pokemon Blue, and uh, and I remember you know playing through that with him and stuff. And anyway, super fun, uh, super fun memories with Pokemon. Anyway, that's coming to the the uh, 3DS, and it's the original games. It's a port. It's not like an update or a uh, a remake or anything like that. So it is in uh, the the standard kind of black and white. Um, but yeah, dude, I'm I'm super excited about that. The reports, rumors are that it's going to be uh, not expensive. Um, so I'm super excited about that as well. They're just ports. They're not remakes. Yeah, they're just ports. They're not remakes. Um, so which, they don't look any better. They don't look any better, but, but I mean, it, who cares? it'll be super, super nostalgic yeah. uh, to go through those. And the, the cool thing with this is, so there has never been a way to get those Pokemon, or not an easy way anyway, to get those Pokemon uh, into, like your older Pokemon into your newer games. But now there will be. They're going to be amazing. able to catch and put them in the Pokemon bank and That's uh, awesome. no transfer cable necessary. That's awesome. Um, yeah. You got to catch them again. You got to catch oh. them again, obviously. But there are like relatively hard Pokemon that, that don't, um, that don't appear in the newer games, um, often. And, uh, so like there are, there are super rare Pokemon that are out there, um, that you can now, if, if these come out and if you pick them up, you're going to be able to catch them and, uh, and, and keep them. So That's like amazing. Zapdos. Oh yeah. That's the news. All right, Chris, 54 minutes in, and we've got a lot to go. We do. We uh, This is the review of uh, Mockingjay Part 2, The Hunger Games. Yep. And we're going to do our traditional spoiler-free uh, first half or first first section here, mm-hmm. and then we're going to uh, open a big old can of spoiler yep. all over the place. Yep. Um, but we will have a substantial countdown before that happens. So, Chris. Yeah. Lead us off. What are your initial impressions of uh, of Mockingjay Part Two? Um, a Mockingjay does a great job of wrapping up the trilogy, yep. or not trilogy. I guess the 
the four movies. Yep. Um, it was a trilogy of books, but it does a great job of wrapping it up. Picks like honestly, like right off the bat, like kicks you kind of in the gut. And well, the way they ended the uh, part one, it really it. I I got to thinking about five minutes in, I was like, man, I'm already super emotional right now. Oh yeah, All and right. it's like the way they ended um, the first one. You, there was no way to not be, you know? Right. It picks up pretty much right there, and uh, and it just goes. And what's what's interesting to me is, like, this movie um, did a great job of capturing the feel of the book. Yeah. Um, I can explain that more later whenever we do the spoiler uh, part of the review. But yeah. um, it did a great job of capturing it. Like, there's uh, it has this kind of stark feel to it there's very little music at times just like just straight up dialogue um and uh but mixed with it's like it's the most violent uh film in the franchise yeah i mean so the action in this thing it it happens in in moments and in ways that are just pretty horrifying like Mm. i mean it's the way the story has unfolded uh, up until this point, this is the the culmination of all of that. Like Mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's psychological elements to everything that is happening and every, you know, everything that they pull out. Um, And so you really do experience that emotion through the action even. Um, So there really isn't a let up. Uh, There, there isn't a moment really to, to breathe from um, just the overall heaviness of what's, what's happening on screen. Um, you know, we talk about in uh, Catching Fire that that Catching Fire potentially was uh, one of the best um, book-to-film adaptations. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in our review we, we talked about that. And I would say that this half of The Mockingjay, uh, so part two, also because it does capture those emotions and, and while there are um, differences, um, a few differences between the book and between uh, the movie, it really does actually capture um, a lot of that that emotion. So oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's really good as far as a uh, a book to movie adaptation. Like you said, same vibe at the end. You well, know? I'll I'll explain again. Again, I'll explain later. But like uh, the uh, there are parts in this movie that make more sense now than they did in the book. Yeah, like, I mean, whenever something is described. Um, it's a little bit different than whenever it, you you are shown it, and so being shown some things. I don't and know. Some that's, the, that's not really it. It's like even though just the dialogue makes it a little bit better. I mean, true. This is Suzanne Collins' second crack at it, basically. You yeah. know, she wrote the books, and then then she wrote the all adaptation. the screenplay adaptations. Yeah, and uh, and so it, it, she she was able to kind of do a better job of what she was trying to do the first time. Like yeah. watching it now and seeing what, like, it's like, Oh, that's what she was going mm-hmm. for. And, uh, and like something that didn't necessarily didn't make sense or something like that made a lot more sense. Now, if you're a fan of the books, definitely watch this. Um, you know, like fantastic performances from Jennifer Lawrence and, uh, Chris Hemsworth and Donald Sutherland. Yeah. Josh Hutcherson. Uh, Man, Woody, it's Woody Josh Hutcherson has gotten like super, like better and better every single movie. Yeah. I mean, a lot of a lot of the actors and, and actresses have man. It's it's been a uh, it's been a ride from especially the first one, like the very first movie. It was a, uh, it was interesting. I, I don't know that I really connected with it until um, Catching Fire, really. So mm. and then it just kind of took off. Yeah, I mean, Elizabeth Banks did a great job. Julianne Moore, Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman, Woody Harrelson, just phenomenal job all around by the actors. Um, and uh, and like again, it's just it was. It was true to the book. It feels it feels good. Honestly, I would, man, I would almost say that this movie was better than the book. Yeah, I mean, and 
it was definitely and you I think you said the same thing about Mockingjay part 1. I did, definitely because the the first part of the of Mockingjay part uh the book. The book. I mean they they expounded upon a lot in the movie that yeah. didn't exist or they fleshed it out a lot more than it was in the book. Yeah, they definitely did. Um, I think we talked about on the review that they did. They took things that were mainly um, internal struggles and they found ways in the movie to externalize them, yeah. to make them physical, to make them... Um, you know, things that you can watch rather yeah. than just, uh, in the book, a lot of times it, uh, the struggle was mental, yeah. was a, uh, was, um, emotional and things. And so, whereas it, in the movie, it all came across on screen perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same story here, you know, there's a lot, you know, we talked about as we were walking out that there's uh, a few moments where, um, in the book, you kind of get this internal thing, but you get that exact internal, uh, discussion and, uh, and conflict in an external way in, in this, in this film. So, yeah. I mean, um, that was incredible. Yeah. Um, the direction was, was, uh, I feel like was good. The cinematography was all right. Like it wasn't as, um, I, I liked the cinematography in catching fire the best. Yeah. I thought it was really, really well done there. Um, this was, you know, it was, uh, it was, wasn't bad, I guess is what I'm going to say. You know, like there were a few times where I'm just kind of like, what in the world is this camera focused on right now? Like it would yeah. be like focused on like the back part of someone's like hair or something. I'm like, what is, yeah. I don't even, I don't even know what's happening right now. But, um, those are, those are minor quibbles in terms of the movie. Like it didn't distract me from the story or anything like right. that. Costume design still really great. Like these movies have gotten better from the first one. Like you kind of get a feel for the the way that everything kind of looks, but not really. Yeah. And uh, they really um, upped the the production with Catching Fire, and it's just gotten better every single time. Right. Uh, so I mean, this one there was. You know, I remember having a discussion with you, maybe not on the podcast that we reviewed Mockingjay uh, Part One, but actually probably fairly recently that we were interested to see how they would do uh, some of the elements, some of the set pieces in this uh, story, um, and they handled it incredibly well. I mean, the, the gigantic set pieces, the scale of uh, of everything that you're 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 you know, set in, it just feels really real. It feels like a, a place that doesn't exist, uh, on, on our version of earth, but it could exist somewhere. Um, and so it really, it feels like a lived in world. It really felt incredibly, um, immersive, I guess is the, is the correct word. Um, the music, man, the music, uh, from James Newton Howard. So good. Uh, the, whenever it actually was, was, you know, action was, was happening. It helped the emotion. Um, whenever there was small contemplative moments where you're focusing on, uh, acting performances, very often there was no music. Um, and, uh, that was a, a really powerful choice, um, because it, it really exposes, um, the, you know, the performances. Yeah. So do you want to tell them whether they should go see this or not? I think so. I think so. Um, Chris, Yes. Should they go see this movie? Yes, you should go see this. I mean, if, if you've seen the other ones, I mean, if you haven't seen the other ones, you're going to be completely lost. It is not self-explanatory. <laughs> go see the other movies first. You would hope that the part two in the title would uh, would help to clue people in that this is not a standalone film. You never know, John. I realize. Um, but yeah, dude, the, the uh, definitely go see this movie. It's not something that, that if you... Uh, 
if you enjoy, if you were were uh, disappointed by maybe the very first one, I could see um, that you, maybe you dropped off with the franchise. But I would encourage anyone who watched the first one or didn't understand what was going on in the first one to go ahead and pick up uh, and and to watch Catching Fire, Mockingjay Part One, and Mockingjay Part Two because it yeah. just overall from a uh, story arc, it this is a great end to to that story yeah. and. Uh, it's it's really worth experiencing um, because I like I said I I didn't really connect with the first film at all um, but then I I read the books and uh, and connected with those and then from Catching Fire on it was just a uh, a roller coaster ride of emotion Chris mm-hmm. so good yep all right the spoiler clock is a winding down it's going down it's coming so if you don't want to be spoiled if you don't want to uh, crack open this can of spoiler all over the place and then turn it off now so we're gonna spoil this thing in three two a one throw out a spoiler prim katniss's sister dies yeah wow so we'll leave that for later yep and we'll <laughs> let's go back not and talk, talk about that we'll one right talk now about something. so, so before, before i forget some of the things i was talking about that i think that the uh the movie's handled better than the books yeah um in the book I was never convinced of Peta and Katniss's relationship. Yeah, I always and on, was. And I, well, I know I, I don't want to have that discussion. No, of course, but um, and honestly, even through the the films up until this one, I still was not like it's just like yeah. there were were a lot more reasons and uh, for her to for her to be with Gale than there was for her to be with Peta. Yeah. And what. Honestly, like I think one of the things that made it better in the movies, though, was the fact that they didn't put so much emphasis on it because right. there's a lot of emphasis in the books on it. Yeah, I mean, in the books, you're spending a lot of time in uh, Katniss's thoughts, and so she's spending a lot of time thinking about both of these people and comparing them a lot of times, and yeah. and, uh, and over that emotion. And it's it's good in the books, but it's you know again, it, like you said, it, you spend a lot of time there. Um, but in the movies, you don't spend a lot of time there, and uh, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Dude, I so his performance this time it really humanized him um, because like in the previous films it was he was always this um, he was always very very clean cut very perfect very you know uh, he 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 knew what he was gonna do and he was you know kind of that that character right and that's why he doesn't feel genuine you know up until right. this point right and then so it, you know we start off the end of the last movie and then the beginning of this movie as well with uh, him having been kidnapped by the capital and, and, and been through hell over there, you know, and been, been tortured and things. And so that really came across in his performance, this, Mm -hmm. this uh, duality of character where he doesn't really understand what's happening to him. He's been messed with. And, and, and whenever you finally like his story arc kind of peaks, um, before the, the final, uh, act or right, right near the final act. Um, and man, it's, it's just, it's heart wrenching. Uh, oh, yeah. to, to see his his story um, and where it ends up. So well, and you know, like I said, they do a good job of you know making him and uh, the fact that he cares for Katniss and she cares for him that feels more believable. But then they also do a good job of explaining why she rejects Gale. You know, that's not as as explained or ex- explained as well in the book as it right. is in the movie. And the whole like that's the other thing that makes a lot more sense is the whole. Um, spot where prim dies yeah. like that whole situation um is a lot more clear 
and makes more sense in terms of why it happened um, in the right. movie than it does in the book. Right, and uh, and so th- this movie tread very close to revealing a lot, and uh, and it was a necessary thing. Uh, whenever she ends up talking to. Um, uh, President Snow uh, after everything goes down and he kind of lays things out for her. And that was a really cool conversation and a very well done one. Um, if it was done, you know, improperly, it could feel very uh, heavy handed in a way where it's like, oh, here's what just happened. Whereas in this, it really kind of leaves it up to you still to uh, to make the connection. Yeah. Um, you feel I, I feel like if somebody wasn't paying attention um, to the end of this movie, they could still walk out and go, what was that? I don't understand. You know, I don't understand that that the ending. And I, that's a good thing, because if it that l- trusts the audience to be smart and to be paying attention, to make those connections, it, it overall it feels like um, you've earned it. I mean, it doesn't feel, I, I disagree with that in a little bit. It doesn't feel too complex, you know? Like, right. But then I get what you're saying. It doesn't feel like they're, they're not spoon feeding you anything. Right. But I don't think it's more complex than any other movie. Right. But it's not like the, uh, I guess the opposite side of this is like in the matrix, whenever Neo has the I conversation mean, that's, with that's the architect. That's comparing a terrible movie to right. something that's actually good. Well, but I mean, you know, even at that, it's like this something that could be somewhat confusing. And whenever you have a conversation about, Hey, what, what just happened? Right. I mean, but okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. Yeah, but that's not a good example of the way you should be able to explain things in movies. Is have have someone like, it's it's the whole it's it's the whole thing. And you know, again, example of you know in Captain America: Winter Soldier, when we have to have three different conversations right. where we explain what's happening. Yeah, my know, master like, plan. You know, yeah, that's so sort like of thing. That, yeah. you know, that's not a good example of good writing. Right, and and so like. By saying, well, it's not that. I mean, it's like that's not really saying much. You know, it's it's just saying like, well, this is a good movie. You know, like, right. they actually like explain themselves. Like, well, well, that's throughout that's the exactly plot. my point. You know, is that 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 something handled improperly? That that same kind of story point handled improperly, or that same scene of having a conversation about you know leading you to uh, to the conclusion that uh, you were manipulated or that it wasn't what it seemed. Then you know that that could be handled very poorly. Uh, it, in yeah, other films. I mean, so. it could be. That just hasn't been a problem with this franchise so Correct. far. Correct. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, it. it they, they did a, a great job um, of uh, of staying true to the book in terms of the feeling. Like whenever I walked out of the theater, like it's literally the same exact feeling I had whenever For I sure. finished the book, and it was just kind of like this, like man, you know, like it's a very very dark story in and of itself. Especially uh, you know as you get through the end, a lot of people die, and yeah. um, and a lot of them, you know, it's just kind of like, uh, especially Prim, like you're just kind of like why, like it feels right. needless. Especially whenever you know, I think that was my biggest complaint about the ending of the book. I was like, that's been the whole goal the right. entire time was to keep Prim alive, and mm-hmm. now she's dead, and you just feel empty inside right and that same kind of like emptiness still existed whenever i left the theater and it's like uh, there was it was cool because i've never like felt the same way after watching the movie as i do whenever i read read the book yeah um on other movies i felt different you know like i think the closest example um of that same kind of thing happening is the end of lord of the rings yeah i was about to say i was about to bring that one up and um but like you know like it's still different you know, it, it still right. still feels a little bit different. You know, in the, whenever you get done with the book, it's like you spend so much time with these these people, and they're your friends, and so you're just kind of leaving your leaving your friends behind. Right. Whereas, like in the movie, it was this. 
I don't know. I mean, it was just this emotional uh, thing to watch. Like, it's not not like they were interacting with you, but it's like you were watching. You were you were privy to this story, and now that's coming to an end. And right. so that you know, it's it's a it's you're still sad in some ways and melancholy in some ways, but it's not quite the same. It doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, I agree. It's like whenever in the book, whenever uh, and in the movie. Whenever, from the moment that Prim dies all the way till the end, you're mm-hmm. just like, man, what am I supposed to be doing? Right? Like, what what mm-hmm. do I feel? Because mm-hmm. you know, we the entire reason we got into this, the entire reason that Katniss, you know, volunteered in the first one, was to save Prim, mm-hmm. and the entire reason that that you know, and even they said it in this one, you know, Gail talked about my entire you know, purpose was to keep your family safe, and I couldn't, and mm-hmm. and and you know, in fact, was the architect of their, her death, potentially. You know, potentially. I, and I like, I like the ambiguity there. Of course. You know, like the, uh, it's, it's truer to real life. And it's like, well, you know, like, I don't know if that was me. It could have been me. Yeah. And just that he couldn't handle that and neither could Katniss. And that's what right. made more sense than the way that they handled it in the book. Yeah. I mean, they, they tried to handle it a little bit in the book that same, like I, I remember thinking that and, and reading that in the book, but it didn't, wasn't delivered in the same way where they're with that conversation. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, which she just says goodbye, mm-hmm. you know, it's, and it's, that's it. Um, so I mean, yeah, and it, she that, says goodbye with a lot of contempt in her voice. Exactly, and uh, and so it, you know the the end of the movie definitely left me with that that vibe of just being like, man, what what is the point? And this wasn't even something that Katniss Katniss really once she was involved, she didn't really want the uh, she didn't necessarily want everybody's freedom. She didn't want to set the nation free. It was like that was a byproduct of what she wanted. And what she wanted was to to take out Snow was revenge, was right. to um end this thing. Right. You know, end the the cycle. The 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 thing I like in this whole series is that, you know, the way that Susan Collins wrote her in the movies, she's a lot more decisive. You know, like in the books she's just so indecisive and she's quabbles back and forth and just cannot decide on anything yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And uh, she's a lot more decisive, a lot a lot stronger of a character in the movies, and yeah. uh, I like all of that. Um, I think that Jennifer Lawrence played that very, very well. Um, she also uh, was able to play uh, a very vulnerable Katniss, and um, you know, in times whenever she's you know breaking down and crying, even at the end, you know, whenever she's screaming at the cat, you're just like, holy cow! This is yeah. a lot of emotion right here. And uh, and then also earlier in the movie, whenever she's talking to that um, refugee from inside the mountain. Right. Um, you know, you're just like, man, I, I really, I, I can connect with her on a human level. Whereas in, in the book, a lot of times it just felt like, man, this she's just way off the rails. I just right. can't relate to this at all. You know, and what was it, what's interesting about like the way the book would translate if you were to just watch it, you know, just like the movie is it would probably come off a little bit more decisive. Whereas, you know, these internal battles that she's having in the book would happen over split seconds, but you're reading them over pages and, and you're reading them over like, uh, the thoughts of, of a human being, you know, even, even, I mean, just in general, you know, people are less decisive in their minds than they are in action. You know, you, you can, uh, you know, they weigh the options and you think things through and think things out. And so if you're involved in that side of things, it's like that would come across a completely different way than if like in the movie, you're just watching it, yeah. you know, you're just, I, you're encountering it happening. I guess it says, it says more, I think about the way that she chose to write the book than it does necessarily about the movie. Because, right. you know, like she didn't have to choose to make it, um, uh, to write it in such a way that you can hear every single one of right. know, Katniss's thoughts, but um, still, even so, you know, I've read a lot of other, you know, 
a lot of other books don't go like she. I mean, she, it's like it was just so indecisive. It was you know? a lot of detail. And so it does say more about the book than it does about the movie. But that, I think that's my my point as well. Is just like yeah. she she was able to. I like the fact that she was able to take what she had written and then refine it. Yeah, and it's kind of like all right, here's the, my second pass at it. Right here you go. And here you know, and 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 I, I so I've read uh, one of. Uh, Suzanne Collins' other series is it's the uh, the Gregor uh, series, and so I mean it, it, that series as well. Like it is more of an external thing; it doesn't go super into like the minutia of uh, of decision making or whatever. There is there is a lot of thought involved in it. You you do you know kind of encounter thoughts and uh, and the main characters um, kind of back and forth a little bit, but it's not nearly as much internal. Um, and something I will say about like her writing, she has a way of like creating horrifying situations and just like really uh, war situations specifically where it's like things will just build and build and build. And then it's just like, this is just terrifying and psychologically, you know, it would just mess with these characters, man, the, the, that scene, whenever they're inside, I guess the, the tunnels, um, and, uh, and they're waiting for the, um, what do they call them? The The mutts. Mutts. Yes. Yeah. The mutts. It's just so many horror elements. Oh it's just so gosh. scary. And like they did a great job of like right whenever you think something's about to happen, it doesn't happen. And yep. You're like, oh, man. Well, and then it happens like whenever you don't expect it. It's just like this was phenomenal. Yeah, dude. And it's like, OK, you know, whenever uh, whenever he's panning across like the flashlight across yeah. the wall over there, like you're just like, it's it's going to be now. It's going to be now. It's going to be now. And then it's not, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I, I try, you know, whenever after that happened, and I exhaled all yeah. of the breath I was holding. Um, I, I, it occurred to me that I was like, man, that's exactly what it would be like. Yep. It would just be like, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Okay. I guess it didn't happen. And then whenever you know? the, the Avox goes through the, uh, that little like crawl space in oh, front of them. And man. then you think that he's about to get like grabbed or something. And then he doesn't. And then, and then it, he goes around the corner and he uh, disappears and you think he's just going to be gone and yep. they're not going to know. And then he comes back and you're like, okay, I guess it's not now. And some of that <sighs> is just the fact that, uh, we were talking about the Stark, the starkness of this movie, like there's, there is no music in this sequence yeah. until, until they, they finally get attacked. And it's just like that, um, ups the tension even more. Cause like, yeah. you're just like holding your breath. Cause you're like, it's almost too quiet, too quiet. Cause you can hear everything. So you're like, yeah. you know, you're just not even breathing. Cause you're like, I just want to hear everything. Like yeah. if I hear a footstep or something. Oh my gosh. You're just trying to use all of your senses to, <laughs> yeah. to, to figure out when this is going to be. But man, it and, and once everything starts happening and that crazy sequence starts going on and yeah. and uh, there's lots of flames and lots of uh, mm. terrifying monsters and mm-hmm. it's just oh man, it's just chaos for a while there. It's that is the the situation where I just man, I I didn't I don't even know. Dude. Again, there's this is another example of uh, the the movie making more sense in terms of Phoenix's death. Yeah. Whenever Finnick dies, like in the movie, or I remember in the book, I reread that section like four times yeah. because it, it didn't make sense what was happening. Well, like y- you feel like you missed something and yes. then all of a sudden it was like it had happened. Mm-hmm. And I remember like not believing it for a while until I got to the end of the book. And then I was like, wait, I mean, that run up until the end, everyone did die. Everyone is dead, you mm-hmm. know, and it's, and, and that, that realization was just, moment to moment in the film versus yeah. in the book where it was delayed, where it's like you, you, it all kind of crashes down on you at the end of the book. Yeah. And in the movie, it comes crashing down on you right at the end of that sequence. Right. And th- it's man, it's, it's, it's hard. I think part of it is, I, I remember mentioning in the, after Mockingjay part one is 
Susan Collins does. Um, she has trouble sometimes uh, describing a sense of space and the way that things physically are and right. the way they exist. Um, because I remember, like in in the Rocky J Part One, in the uh, when they're in the bunker, like at one point, like. I had to go back and reread a bunch of things because it was like, I get to a point where she finally, like it finally makes sense now, like how this was laid out in yeah. my mind. I'm like, all right, I have to go back and like figure out like what just happened here. You know, yeah. it's like, it was the same kind of thing whenever Finnick died. Um, whenever it's just like, it just, just doesn't make sense necessarily. Yeah, it's like, what does the room look like? And like, what is, yeah. Like what is physically happen? happening? You right. Know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and man, and it was, that was super emotional in, in the, uh, the movie as well. Whereas in the book, it felt like they just rushed right past it. Like yeah. you said, well, I mean, it was, it was very much a, uh, it was like, well, he's dead now. Right. You know, like, right. And it was a very much a, a, a down, like the last roller coaster where it's just like, well, okay, here we go. You know, we're build up, build up, build up. And then all of a sudden you kind of push through it. Yeah. Um, whereas like in the film, um, you have all of this buildup and then things kind of just after that moment right then, right? Whenever that sort of happens, it slows down and you can kind of process mm-hmm. um, once again, you mm-hmm. know, before before the final elements. So, I mean, dude, it's it, the uh, the delivery of this was just spot on. I mean, I'm trying to remember um, in the book, uh, was, did they did they have that whole section where the buildings closed off and it flooded? I think so. I don't remember. I don't remember either specifically. I don't remember that moment specifically, but that was a really cool uh, set. Yeah. It was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, uh, it felt really cool, man. Yeah. It, I mean, visually, it was stunning. Yeah. Um, one thing I will say is it, during um, Catching Fire, mm-hmm. um, they did some sequences of, while they were in the games. They did the IMAX sequences, right? And that could have been uh, something that would have been cool for this: is do some IMAX scenes. Um, yeah. You know, it is what it is, though. Yeah, I mean, it, I th- you know, I think we mentioned it last time for part one. It's it's interesting that um, you had the super small budget on the first movie, and then this huge budget on the second movie, and they did, shot things in IMAX and all that kind of stuff. Right. The 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 last two movies, it was just kind of like I mean, it wasn't a small budget, but it was like we're not shooting on IMAX anymore. We're just and yeah. I guess I agree that the visuals aren't as um, important and not don't lend themselves to IMAX in these movies as much as the second one. Right. But you're right. That scene would have been amazing. Some of the the, the later scenes, um, the war scenes, would have been amazing in IMAX. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. I mean, but you know, maybe snapping back and forth between uh, that would have been distracting for the emotion of the story. Who knows? I mean, it, 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 you know, the directors and uh, and producers obviously made that that decision consciously to not do it the during Mockingjay Part One and Mark, Part Two. So, I mean, it's it's not like uh, not like it was an oversight necessarily. Yeah. So Francis Lawrence directed Catching Fire. And who directed Mockingjay here? Let's see here. Oh, not not to kill a Mockingjay. Not a mock, Mockingbird. Um, Francis Lawrence, same so one. So same. I mean, it's, so it's it's just interesting. I wonder who the. Uh, let's look at the cinematographer. I'm going to look that up real fast. Cinematographer for uh, the most recent is Joe Willems. Yep. Um, and for Catching Fire, 
looks like it's the same guy. And so uh, that's, I don't know, it's just interesting that they chose to. It's just uh, a conscious choice, you know? It was a conscious storytelling choice. It must have been. Either that or it's a budgetary restriction. You know, they did did shoot them at the same time, um, presumably for uh, for budget reasons. They did have to go also, remember, they had to go back and do several reshoots because of Philip Seymour Hoffman's death. So that, mm. that probably inflated the budget more than they wanted it to anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, and it, it wasn't something like while I was watching it where I was like, oh my gosh, IMAX or anything. Yeah. You know, it wasn't something I missed. But thinking about it now, it would have been cool. But again, maybe you know, maybe it would have snapped out of the emotion or, or whatever. It would have felt uh, jarring. Right. Who knows? Um, so anything else to, to, to talk about on this one? Well, we've talked about, like, we've talked about it um, in terms of the book. In terms of just an end to the story, how does this one stack up? I mean, so it couldn't have ended a different way. Like, I mean, it, it, because because the source material ended the way it did, uh, yeah. it, it couldn't have ended a different way. And I mean, I someone though who like who hasn't read the books and so right. they don't have that touch point, you know, like because I remember whenever I first read the book, I was like, why, you know, like yeah. You know, it wasn't my favorite end to a story. Oh, of course. I was like, I wish it had ended way differently. And I didn't know if I even liked it at the time. You right. know? And so I think that that's, that's probably – it's going to be the same story with this. It's going to be a – so I wouldn't change it personally because I don't know of another story that ends this way where you experience that, okay, so you know, freedom for these people hinged on you know this one person mm-hmm. and – what does that do to that one person? Mm-hmm. You know, what is what what is the emotional cost? What is the the physical cost to mm-hmm. these people? And so, knowing you know, looking at it in terms of like, is there anything else that 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 really ends this way? Mm-hmm. I mean, there really isn't. And so that's that's one of the reasons why I appreciate it in in terms of a, a book and in terms of uh, the movie. Now, you yeah. know, is that I really it's a unique story, and so I I wouldn't change it. The uh... Well, yeah, you know, I wouldn't change it just because of the, you know, the, I've gotten, I've gotten come to terms with the way I thought, um, or the way I felt with the, the end, um, whenever I read the books, Mm -hmm. I think that if I just watched the movies, I think that I would, I don't know that I would have had those feelings because they did explain a lot of those things a lot better. Um, and I love the juxtaposition of Snow and President Coin together, and yeah. um, I think they still like maintained that well through the the movie, um, especially like with the conversation with Katniss at the end, and just like I loved the 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 back and forth looks between them whenever she's about to execute him, and just kind of like making the point that okay, sh- these people are these two people, these two presidents um, are. Basically, basically exactly the same. And right. I, I'm still, I was still even now, I knew it was coming, but I was just dumbfounded by like, I'm just like, oh man, how can you, how can you suggest another Hunger Games? Like right. that, that kicked off this whole thing, you know? Right. And, um, you just have this disgust at that point for, for uh, President Coin, which yep. um, you kind of, it's kind of alluded to in part one. You kind of start seeing these kind of dark corners and edges yeah. to her. Um, but then you don't see it again until the, that point. And uh, whenever you realize, number one, she's um, killed, you know, children, civilians, and then and now she wants to institute the Hunger Games again. And, yeah. And it was like we've fixed nothing, you know. Right. And uh, and so uh, I I really liked the uh, 
I really like that story, that messaging there, and it's that kind of like okay, just because someone is against someone else doesn't mean like it's still a good option, right? You know, and and so yeah, I mean it, the way they present that ending and the way they present these these you know two evils basically, um, and the these two battling evils, you know, uh, is is nice. And then you've got someone like um, Plutarch uh, mm-hmm. along the side. They even mention at the end where it's like, oh, I guess somebody can win the Hunger Games because mm-hmm. he's right there. Um, you know, and it's it's interesting that someone as as good hearted as him, you know, he knew that he knew that Katniss would do this, or he trusted mm-hmm. that she would um, would make the right call based on you know President Coin as well. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, even even down to the uh, to the end, he he wanted the freedom of the people, and uh, whether he, it was a power grab for him, who knows? But it's you know that is is kind of left to be up in the air. I mean, overall, uh, it, his his purpose and his, uh, leaving, you know, doing an election, uh, open elections and things. It all seems to, to benefit the people, uh, that, 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 you know, of the nation, but it's like, there's, there's even that side of it where it's like, there's still a question of like, Oh, well there's, there's this other, other third party involved still where it's like, who knows? Yeah, um, I mean, I never felt like it was a power grab for him. He was always, you know, very clear that why he was doing things from the very beginning and yeah. catching fire. You know, he was very clear that, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. Right. And, uh, and it, you know, he, all he was saying, you know, like with that letter, I think was just, he just couldn't, it's because if she just killed the, she right. just killed President Coyne. Right. He, couldn't, he just couldn't be seen with her. Right. Which was a great way to get around the fact that Philip Seymour Hoffman was no longer uh, right. alive. And so I think I only saw two scenes where he was digitally, um, comped in Um, yeah and it was there at the end whenever he was standing there um before she kills president coin and then it was there whenever um the new elected president is being sworn in right and i yeah you're right i didn't see any others and so the rewrites whatever rewrites they had to do and whatever reshoots they had to do were very effective Um, there was no no moment that stuck out as like oh that's one of them or or whatever um yeah And, and and like i said it's it's always just kind of uh even though there's all this resolution that well there's not really a ton of resolution but even though you have you've inserted you know the end of mm-hmm. the uh the coin and the snow story and mm-hmm. the hunger games you're the end of the hunger games um you know it's it, there's still a an element of like okay well this is someone that we've been with from the beginning mm-hmm. who has been uh helping things along and, and moving things towards the freedom of this nation that is still involved in the end so it's like you know you have even if it's not a, uh, like I said, I, I don't think there's anything sinister behind him, but he is still there, and he, there is still uh, this element of like, oh well, he won the Hunger Games, yeah, in some way, yeah. Um, well, I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, that the uh, was that line in the in the book? I don't remember I don't that. No, I don't remember it being. It was in a the weird book. point that I, that I'm just kind of like that they were making, and and I just remember specific to the movie, and I'm just kind of like, yeah. I'm either way on it. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. The uh, I will say, I think the oh, the only thing that felt a little bit weird, um, and it's another one of those, you know, kind of like, kind of reminds me of the end of Lord of the Rings, like uh, whenever we see them like 10 years later or something yeah. like that, and you're just kind of like, it worked in the book as an epilogue. It's basically right. an epilogue. And, right. Uh, you know, epilogues can work in movies. I, I would have been fine if it just faded to black with her, with PETA there, you know, in, in present day. And I guess the the, the real goal, piece of gold in in that ending was her um, monologue to her child, right? And um, 
Yeah, and I guess you're right. The only thing that the only question, and maybe so, there's two purposes for that type of thing. Um, the first one is to answer any questions that you may have, and we that wasn't the purpose of this yeah. because it didn't feel like there were. It any, wasn't the book. Yeah, it wasn't the book for yeah. sure. But there's like there weren't any lingering questions that I had of like, oh, well, what happens or who you know, what's the world like or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's no like lingering questions to answer at that point, but it does help you um, emotionally say, okay, we're going to be all right. Yeah. Everything's okay. Yeah. They didn't like devolve into war again. Right. It takes this, it takes almost a, a possible, it's not really a negative ending, but a possible negative ending, a, mm -hmm. a down ending and turns it into um, something that's a little bit more palatable for your emotions to handle. Right. You know? And so like, that's the only reason why I see, think it was there. I don't know if it was necessary per yeah. se, but you know, yeah. Whenever it popped up, I did I did have the thought of like, oh, we're doing this in this yeah. this movie series as well, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it's like we've done it in Lord of the Rings. Uh, what else have we done it in? We've done it in Harry Potter at the end oh, of the yep. Harry Potter franchise. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, and it's almost unnecessary in all of them, but I yeah. mean, it's you know either way. So right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, you you want to rate this? Yeah, I was about to say you want you want to rate it? Yeah. Um. How do you, so you want me to go first here? You, you can go first. All right. So I would probably rate this. And so it's hard to separate this one from like as a, a standalone movie from the original, but as an end to this entire thing, like as not a, uh, not a standalone movie or not a story told by itself as a part two of okay. something yes. is what I'm saying. Okay. Um, I would give this a, uh, a solid 8.8. All right. With that. <laughs> We're we're getting down into like we're getting down, and I'm nodding grades. like I'm I'm leaning more towards the upper side of that where it's like I I almost went nine on it, but yeah yeah, um yeah honestly I would say about, I don't remember what we rated the first half, but I would say about the same like eight point eight yeah eight point seven eight point eight yeah. somewhere in there you know yeah, like it doesn't it was, doesn't quite get up to the nine for me though no um but it's it's up there yeah. Yeah. And it, so uh, do you want to talk about um, what we would you know, look at the entire series as or is that a completely different conversation for another day? No, I mean, I can look at the entire series. Um, you know, like we've, I think we've mentioned before, you know, like the first movie is very weak yeah. in, in terms of uh, just adhering to the source material, telling the, the story in, in a compelling way. Um, it's just like it's got so many problems with it. And then Catching Fire, like I think it's my favorite of the entire series. Yeah. Um, and then these two, like they're they're good films, yeah. Um, and so, and they're good ends to what we started uh, the, in the you know, yeah with Catching Fire essentially. The problem I, is, yeah. is that that first movie like drags down a I feel lot. Like, my rating, you know. So if I'm gonna rate this series, um, I'm gonna give this rating series an eight point five. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that that first movie, man. Like, oh, it takes it down. I, a if lot. I was gonna rate that first movie, I would say it's like a, a seven, six yeah, point five. I was seven. about to say, but it's in the sixes for me, probably. Yeah. So, um, but then the, I was talking to somebody today, you know, who like he hasn't read the books, and yeah. he uh, he found that first movie compelling enough to get into the franchise, and mm -hmm. so it was like it worked, I guess, you know. Yeah. And so I don't know. Yeah, I mean. It, <laughs> I guess that that's that's the highest praise that I could probably give that first movie. <laughs> is that it worked? Is that it worked? Oh, it just worked. <laughs> it know? worked. Um, you know, because it's like from a world building perspective, you don't really get much from it either. You know, and no. it's like you kind of hope that the first uh, first movie in a series like this yeah. would help to set up and be like, oh, what's the world like at uh -huh. least? You know, um, 
Because, I mean, you get that in, in The Hobbit. You get that in, I mean, and The Hobbit is, the Hobbit is what it is. But it's like, you get that in, in The Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. You get that in Harry Potter. You get right. that in every, you know, the first movie ever series. You're like, I at least know what this world is. But this one, it's just like, oh, I, I really couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, but I, I, I'm right there with you where it's like, man, I would... I would be about an eight on the, mm-hmm. the series overall, just because of that, you know, that mm-hmm. first one, man, that first one. I love some, like, last thing I want to say. Yeah. The the music, I think it began, like, with Catching Fire, but some of the music, whenever it's just that flute, oh and gosh. it's like this kind of folky mm-hmm. kind of uh, music. I love that stuff. Well, man. even we had like Finnick um, at his wedding. We had the fiddle, um, mm-hmm. and and we had uh, the song at the end in the end credits. Uh, so I mean, it, there is just something to uh, the the music and the way they integrated the music into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you know they really get a uh, a folky feel out of it because you know you're supposed to be in kind of the the Midwest almost of uh, with with District Twelve and stuff. You're supposed to be in in uh, you know in a kind of folky area. So right. uh, taking those influences is a really good call. All right. That comes to the end of this episode. How long it's is It's a gigantic this? episode. An hour and a half. Uh, 95 minutes and counting at the moment. Five minutes. So uh, you can keep up with us and all of our adventures. Um, we're coming up on uh, well, next week is um, Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we're going to record probably a, a day early. Probably yeah. just put it out a day early. Yeah. Um, so be uh, be on the watch. Look out for that. Um, yeah. So if you're traveling for Thanksgiving. Yes. Listen to the podcast on your way. Exactly. I love that idea. That's John. a great idea, Chris. Yep. Or if you're traveling back, you know, you just want to decompress. Yeah. yeah. You know, something like that. Um, or if you're with family and uh, and you just want to pop on some earbuds and listen. Yeah. At some point in the future, here's some teases, but at some point in the future, I won't give you hard dates because I have no idea. some point in the future, we will review Spectre. Uh, at some point in the future, we will review Call of Duty Black Ops 3. Yep. We will review Fallout 4. Yep. And we will review Armor Krog. Yep. That we've been waiting for for a long time. Yep. So uh, just be on the lookout for all of that. And um, you can maybe we'll tease what we're doing um, each week on Twitter, maybe like right before we do it. Yeah, right sure. Before like we when, it. when we decide, because obviously yeah. I'll know like if I finished Fallout Four or not. You know, so uh, the answer is going to be no. The answer is going to be no. That one's probably going <laughs> to be uh, sometime December. Oh, I feel oh like, yeah. I mean, not, yeah, that's not happening next week. No, that's I'm not, what, yeah, that's not what I mean. John. You were suggesting it, Chris. No, that's why you were hinting heavily no, that no, no, next no. week you're going to be done with Fallout. No, I, I, I said, I said uh, in the future we will be doing these things. <laughs> um, not all by next week. That's impossible. <laughs> I don't even think if I wanted to, I could do any of that. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah. So you can uh, keep up with us on uh, Twitter at ChrisRight250. And John Wright 777 And at StanTargetPod, always online at StanTargetPodcast.com. Please subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Yep. And uh, give us a good review. Um, if you like us, if you don't, you don't have to. Don't feel forced. But please do. That helps other people find our podcast. Um, that's it for this week. Oh, wait. What do we have? We have two other podcasts. We do have two other podcasts. They are called Arrow on Target and Flash on Target. We're about to record them right now, so they're going to be insane this week. Yep. Um, and uh, you should check those out. Yep. That's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Stay, Stay on, on Target. Target.